before we talk about the best films of 2002, got another quick recommendation. Another okay. one that's months late at this point. Also season five, The Crown. Oh, okay. Um, if anyone has not been watching that, I, there's not much. I don't, didn't even make too much of a note about it. I just wrote always terrific. Just yeah. want to tell everyone that the fifth season of The Crown is still great. Uh, it's another really technically impeccable show. Um, and especially prescient now that the queen has died. It's like, yeah. oh, wow. And here's the thing with the queen. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, you know, just television at this point, like has so much more of a responsibility to be. To be good. Well executed to me. Yeah, to be good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. like, yeah. Uh, and, and and it is, the crown is good. So cool. Nothing much to say. Performers are all good. Mel Staunton is great. You know, oh, you know, I will say one thing, you know, who's actually a lot better than I would have thought, although there's no reason I would have doubted him. Uh, Jonathan Price as mm. Prince Philip, you know. Ah, okay. Because yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm used to Jonathan Price as like Governor Swan, you know, like kind of yeah. like a silly guy, even though yeah. like every actor at that time was like, no, this is Jonathan yeah. MF and Price, you know, this is yeah. this is somebody who's like a legend. Like it's only in recent years, especially, you know, if you watch the two popes or something like that or, or anything he's been doing, you know, like his season, his thing on Game of Thrones, but like his performance as Philip, I was like, okay, Jonathan Price is like a, you know, he's an English actor. Okay. He can play the Duke of Edinburgh, you know? And, uh, I was struck by how much he kind of looked like him. They gave him like the eyebrows and it's like, oh, he is kind of tall, isn't he? Wow. And it was just his mannerisms where I was like, mm. I don't know that I haven't observed the royals really at all. But from what I've saw of Prince Philip, I was like, my God, like, yeah. He, he did a really great job. It's not too much of an impression, but like it's a performance and it's a very subtle one. Um, yeah. Wow. And I just appreciate that so much. I love it when yeah. like, I love seeing actors who are just like, oh yeah, this is why like I'm Jonathan Price, like, <laughs> or Ronaldo right. Staunton, like. Make it look easy. Yeah. yeah. yeah they just make it look easy. And again, playing yeah. two real and very notable people, like how do you play yeah. them without doing an impression and how do you make them a character without feeling like a complete fabrication? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. that show is just continuously great at making you feel like these are the people without like, like Elizabeth Debicki, you know who she is, of course. Like Elizabeth yep. Debicki yep. plays Diana. Mm. So, you know, she's way too tall <laughs> to be yeah, yeah, yeah. the real Diana. But like her performance is Diana-like, even though this character sounds like elizabeth debicki it you know, doesn't yeah. she doesn't talk like her you know it's just yeah it's it's one of those things you know you know you disappear yeah, into the sure. role the look you're never going to look 100 percent like these people but right. it's all about capturing the soul of that that character uh such to what people are aware of so yeah crown is great i just gotta gotta cool. tell people to see that do you have anything yeah. so I, I haven't even asked you dustin i'm so I just rattling on about my stuff do you have anything lately that you would you would like box up recommend <laughs> to go um, to people no in fact so um <laughs> i was talking about this recently i got really uh frustrated at the end of the year because i was trying to watch like a few things to you know, finish out the year. I was like, these, there's a few things that I just feel like I really want to see. And, um, and I haven't gotten around to it. And I finally got around to watching a few of them. And 
I was like, I hate all of this stuff. Like your letterbox was a graveyard. Was a <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just like all of it's just so bad. And so I eventually was just like, you know what? Either I'm just in a, a bitter mood at the end of the year because I want all these things out of movies that I'm not getting, <laughs> and and I'm just taking it out on even movies that do offer them, uh-huh. or or the movies just are overrated and and I don't know which it is but but I do know that I was so frustrated that I was just like the only thing I know how to do at this point when I get frustrated like that is to go back to a series that I love and rewatch it and so I restarted breaking bad and watched about 5 episodes I you know it was just so enough to like fell asleep yeah it's just enough to like make me feel better and then be like okay all right let's let's move on I guess there and is quality like, somewhere ma- maybe maybe i'll continue with breaking bad at some point but like i don't know i'm just i was just like i was so frustrated because i was like like i saw um a couple of a24 films uh after yang mm-hmm. and uh everything everywhere all at once yes and i was just like i kind of very much dislike both of these mm. and um and so like i know er- if you if you go to any website right now where they're talking about the top of 2022 you'll yeah. see everything everywhere all at once like at number one or number two for everybody and i'm just like i don't understand it it must just be yeah i know Taste. i know for a fact it's just not my cup of tea yeah but i was just like the, i I, I don't even need to go into like why I don't like it. I just don't like it. And so I was just like Kellen and I found existential hugs in that film. <laughs> yeah, sure. And and the the truth is, like for me, I didn't resonate with any of the existential stuff. I didn't resonate with any of the any anything. Yeah. Like none of it felt at all like anything my experience yeah. uh has ever has ever Boom. felt so <laughs> so i just like i i don't relate to any of this and right. i also don't uh i i just have a hard time understanding the lore and like the world building of it um and it partly maybe i'm just dumb and partly i think maybe they just didn't do the the groundwork mm-hmm. um i don't want to say like they didn't think through their own thing because i'm sure they did like they're smart enough people mm-hmm. but like it just wasn't there on screen enough for me to like latch latch onto it and like i'm one of those people that i love world building stuff and like i'll remember all of your you know john carter lore because everyone else is like this movie's so dumb it has all these dumb names and whatever and i'm like i'll remember all of that because like i love latching onto that kind of stuff right and like with this i just felt like there's just nothing here of substance it's just all about the concept and not about the actual logical uh, like fulfillment of any of these ideas. And, um, and anyway, all that to say, like, I didn't care for that. I didn't care for after Yang. I watched a documentary that I was looking forward to on Disney plus called if these walls could sing, um, which is about Abbey road, um, the studios and, you know, um, and I felt like that was just basically, I could have just read the Wikipedia article for, for that. And like, that's all there was to it. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't know. I just I was just in a in a rough spot because I was just like, all, none of this is like scratching any of the film Doing filmic itch I have. Yeah, and so so anyway, 
I uh, I got frustrated, rewatched Breaking Bad and felt better and uh, actually watched a couple things over the past couple days. I'm almost done with one, which maybe I'll I'll talk about later. But and also just, just while I'm on that subject, I also hate watching movies piecemeal, but I find that's the only way I can do it these days. So, right, um, right. so that's why I'm like, I'm partly done with a movie. I, I would hate that I ever, you know, like like. Five years ago, me would be like, Dustin, why are you watching things like that? And I'm right. like, well, because that's what I do. It's this or nothing. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, all that to say, uh, no, I have nothing to recommend except Breaking Bad, I guess. And uh, <laughs> and I've done that plenty on this show. So no, I don't have anything to say. I'll um I'll counter recommend. So the guys who made Everything Everywhere uh, made a movie called Swiss Army Man. Did you ever see that? Yeah. No, I never did. I would, I would check that out. I mean, I, I I mean, I liked, I liked everything everywhere, but I would probably have more fun watching Swiss army man. And of course, Paul Dano is great. uh, And Dana Radcliffe is great. Um, So I I would recommend, I don't know where that is right now. The last I saw it years ago on Amazon prime. I don't know if it's still there, but um, yeah, uh, I I feel like I haven't seen it anywhere lately, but it's probably somewhere. You would think that stuff like that would like resurface when those directors make a new film it's like oh also it's on uh, paramount plus okay cool awesome great okay yeah i recommend that there you go okay there you go all right i'm also going to recommend 10 movies from 2002 so i like to do this list um and uh i think next i think this year i don't know if i'll Sometimes I'll talk about these on the show. So like some of these little recaps are going to be very short because we, we've discussed the movie in full um, on this show. So I don't want to like retread or anything. Yeah. So maybe next, maybe this year I won't do that much or at all. I don't even know if I'll have time anyway. Uh, but I also don't want to spend an hour on an episode just talking yeah. at you about a list, but anyways, sure. Um, so yeah, these are just the, uh, you know, 20 years ago, uh, was 2002, you know, a couple weeks ago. Uh, yep. and so I went back and watched stuff that I missed or wanted to revisit or never got to see was curious about. And of course, as the yep. year went on, I had a big list and I knew where everything was. And then like at a certain point I was like, Oh, it's October. There's like still 40 films left. We start dropping them. You know, it's like, yeah. hey, I don't need to rewatch, you know, uh, the new guy <laughs> or like, yeah, yeah, you know, so not everything is on this list that might be on this list. These are just my opinions and I'm not even going to call it a best of list. Well, actually I am, but I don't mean best of because it's not best of. But that's just for clicks. It's just for clicks. <laughs> <laughs> that's just for that traction. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so anyways, this is just. I don't know. Whatever. That's my list. Number yeah. 10. Yeah. Sure. So on number 10, I, I put Gangs of New York on there. Um, Sweet. And as I recently said on this show, like, I'm not sure who watches this movie, who just sits down and like watches this to like enjoy it. Like, oh, I'd love watching, you know. Um, yeah. But it's a pretty impressive film from a technical standpoint. And, and again, if sure. you're going to go through the oeuvre of like Daniel Day-Lewis, it's it's obviously a must for his performance. Yeah. Um. I said on our episode, oh, you know, if you're going through Martin Scorsese's movies, like it's probably a must for him. I don't think it is. Mm. Um, I, 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 I heard myself say that. And then later I was like, you know, though, <clears throat> if you're going to grab a handful of Martin Scorsese's movies, I think most people wouldn't grab Gangs in New York. I think most people would go like Taxi Driver and <clears throat> Main Raging Streets Ball, and Goodfellas, Goodfellas and Casino, yeah. The Departed. 
you know, maybe even the Irishman, like, but like, not, well, I want to say contemporary crime, but like. Not Hugo? Yeah. <laughs> People, it, 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 but it's like, it's, I was going to say contemporary crime, but those of course are span different uh, decades, but like. Yeah. Crime that, <laughs> um, how far back does thingy go? Well, all right. Sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousand. Yeah. 1960s and beyond crime. That's what yeah. he's interested yeah. in. That's what he's good at. That's what he knows. Yeah. Yeah. That is the baseline upon which he builds the flair with which he presents those things. And he may be interested in the history of New York and the crime of that era. Sure. But it And it's an, imp- again, an impressive film, great production design, great things about it. <clears throat> but there's not a lot about the movie that I like think about when I'm thinking about like Casino or Goodfellas. And, yep. you know, for some people that's like, well, that's just how versatile Martin Scorsese is. <clears throat> I don't know if I want directors. This is a weird sentence. I don't know if I want directors to be versatile. Mm. Like they should be versatile. But to me, it's like, I like a director to have a style. Yep. And to, and if the movie's going to change, I want it to be because of the material. But someone like Martin Scorsese is just like, I just associate you so much with like, just really cool. A specific, yeah. I don't know. I feel stupid that I said that, but like at the same time, like, uh, I don't know. I guess it's just a nice way of saying yeah. Gangs in New York is well-made. It's just not, yeah, doesn't punch out, but it's still number 10 sure. on this list. So sure. Sweet. All right. Number nine. I actually did put my big fat Greek wedding. Mm. Um, I talked about that one on the show too. I talked about it by myself. Have you ever yeah. seen this movie? I have. There's a whole yep. history to this movie that's like the the one woman show, the shopping around, the, how mm. it got made, you know, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson discovering it and yep. the casting of John Corbett and just like the, the you know, mm. those those indie success stories. Like, you know, it it, it made a, yeah. you know, it was never number Ton one on the box office, but it made yeah. like a crazy amount percentage on its return. Yeah, uh, and it made a whole lot of money for Miramax or whoever the hell was, you know, the distributor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was like a cultural event when that came out. Yeah, and this Which is another is thing they got they yeah. they tried to develop into a TV show. Actually, oh, weird. Um, yeah, we were talking about how Minor- Minority Report, uh, <clears throat> how that got developed, and uh, this was mm. another. There's like my big fat Greek life or something. They tried to make it into oh, a thing. Oh, weird. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it didn't really last, but uh, yeah, they tried to make this a whole thing. So um, they did do a sequel to it. They did do a sequel, later. and there yeah. I, I talked about that one on that episode too. And I never saw the sequel. They're they're doing a third one. I think they shot it. Are they? And Nia wow. Vardalos is directing it. She wrote she mm. wrote and starred in you know this one and the second yeah. one, and she's yep. the sole writing credit. Like those, they're yeah. her yep. screenplays. Yep. You know, yeah. Because yep. it's based on her life. This is this is her. Right. Uh, this is like the story of her meeting her husband. You know, in yep. Winnipeg, and her yep. very Greek family. You know, just right. So, yeah, uh, it's 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 a really fun movie, and uh, just delivers on expectations and accomplish something really cool off screen. You know, with its success yep. as a film. So that's just a really cool story. Cool. Uh, number eight, Insomnia. We talked about this one yeah. also on yes, the show. Uh, so not much to add. On top of that, just a really well-told story and um, 
you know, go and listen to that episode if you want to hear more about yeah. that. So agreed. Uh, number seven, Road to Perdition. We just talked about this one as well. Um, yes. Another thing, just just really solid story, really cool, deep themes about parenthood and consequences and, you know, um, uh, and sur- a survival story that's not just about survival. Um, and it's yeah. just a good movie for Tom Hanks, good movie for Sam Mendes, um, yep. and a really great, you know, term from Paul Newman. Um, yep. Yep. All right. Number seven. Sorry, that was seven. Number six, The Born Identity. Mm. Me and Jack talked about this one. Um, okay. But how this one kind of like defined a genre as as good act, <clears throat> any good movie in any genre does, but especially in yeah. action, like when you change the way movies are made in your genre after you come out, yeah. that's something. The Born Identity changed how directors yeah. shot action. You know, I, I would I would argue that like as much as the born identity altered action filmmaking like that did not it's it still to this day is the is like the gold standard so um like you think about the shaky cam you think mm-hmm. about stuff like that that influenced directly into like batman begins which then influences like everything that comes after it and so it's like all of this stems back to the born identity and um yeah, it's it's weird to me that that it has lasted as long as it has because there's also like um, the raid made a huge. I, I would say the raid was like the next big leap forward in action yes. filmmaking, yeah. um, which then leads to like John Wick and whatnot, um, and nobody and like that style of like gunfu, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And 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 I would argue that like as much as now that is its own thing, it's almost like rock and roll was an offshoot of the blues Mm -hmm. but then rock and roll had offshoots so in a weird way like action filmmaking was the blues and then born is rock is like rock and roll born is like martin luther (laughs) (laughs) sure yeah there you go and then uh, and then um and then you have um and then and, and then and then and then uh, the raid does its own thing and it becomes like alternative, right. Or like punk yeah. rock or whatever. And then, and then I feel like now there's RRR, which is sort of going to be the next big thing in action filmmaking and, uh, or at least has the potential to time will tell. And, but again, it's like an offshoot of the born identity. And, and, um, and you look at like, what they did with James Bond after mm. Born came out. Oh, it's yeah. like all very reminiscent of, and and it all comes from Born, which talk, is, which is weird. We talked to, we talked about Casino Royale and how like that's yeah. clearly like that's clearly you know the broccolis and and MGM like seeing Born and going like this is this is what, what we have is, to do. is going to speak to the next James Bond like because it yeah. wasn't just like the technical style it wasn't like shaky cam you know handheld it was yeah. the naturalism of. We're, yeah. We can't do silly, over choreographed, like bulletproof fights anymore. Right. Where people are just invincible. There needs to be thought given to like, what can a human being, like, yes, do. He, you know, he's going to have like infinite stamina, but like, yeah, right. You know, but there has to be, there has to be a little bit more drama in action. Yeah. There has to be a yeah. character who's a little bit more scared when he's fighting. He's got to yeah. improvise. Born doesn't have weapons on him when that guy, uh, whatever, zip lines into his apartment. Yeah. And, you know, he reaches around for a desk. There's nothing behind him and he finds a pen. Oh, cool. Fuck. Uh, a pen. Great. And yeah. 
that's you it. know, you know, stabs the guy yeah. through the hand and it's like, yeah, it's still stylized because you're still watching a movie, you know, right. but like it's still uh influences action forward because like yeah i mean like and of course many terrible directors tried to mimic the style in the bad way they focused all on the visuals and the shakiness and you know felt the the taken sequels yeah fell forward into the into the um disorienting um uh um lack of geography and action but the good directors said okay what works about this is the vulnerability of the hero and the way we shoot that can evolve as long as we keep the spirit of what Bourne did for action, which was make yeah. the hero feel more relatable and grounded. Even if they are a skilled combatant, yeah. it's still a person. It brought back like that, that, that Jackie Chan charm. Jackie Chan yeah. is Jackie Chan. I'm not yeah. worried about him, you know, holding his own, but I am worried about him holding his own in a room full of other Jackie Chans. Jackie Chan was constantly trying to leave the room if he could and if he couldn't he was putting objects between himself and his attackers or trying to escape while he attacked he was always trying to leave yeah and we've talked about that on the show ad nauseum so like that that's the appeal of that so you take that inward and you go okay like jason Bourne's not jackie chan but he's like okay i've got to kill this guy but like i don't have a lot of weapons nearby or like maybe i'm trying maybe i'm trying not to make a lot of noise there's just more thought to all of these yeah yeah. all of these scenes so i love what it did for the genre i love what it yep. did for realistic action while keeping you know excitement and style and drama in yeah. movies because as we always said yep. these are not documentaries if you want to watch real fights as real and as exciting as they get are like mma yeah yep. that can be fun That's it. a lot of times sure. it's just boring um yep. so go on tiktok and watch some street fights or something i don't know right but you know movies are drama and drama is compelling if it does feel true to life but not a thousand percent realistic and um that's a needle that keeps getting thread starting with this movie and then onward through the next two decades so yeah yep um it deserved a spot on the list for sure and of course you know right after 9-11 like it was the perfect like we don't trust the government, you know, kind of, yeah. kind of thing. And, and Jack and I talked a lot about how what's great about the Bourne movie is that like, there's no real, there's no singular antagonist because it's just mm. mid senior level bureaucrats trying to clean up their own mess. And, yeah. you know, Jack brought up the idea that like the, the Chris Cooper, like he's just a bureaucrat who reports to another bureaucrat and yeah. there at a certain level, like there's a bureaucrat not telling his boss everything because his boss is a, you know, is a senator who's appointed by voters. So he can't know everything. He has to have deniability. Yeah. So he can't yep. disclose exactly the nature of the mission. And so it's all and 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 right. to my point, you know, in the in this episode as well, was like that that very infrastructure from an antagonist standpoint allows for sequels because the next movie can just be some new asshole who's in charge and he's like, Hey, what about this Jason Bourne guy? Why haven't we dealt with him? And it's just, let's just go again. You know, it's, it's, that's the best part of it. It's like, there's no singular villain. This whole system is fucked. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And, um, and they're going to keep trying to kill Jason Bourne until we're just out of bureaucrats, which will sadly never happen. Um, so yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah, Born Identity is great. Um, cool, man. Number five, The Rookie. Mm. 
I don't know if anyone expected this one to be on a here, rookie. but I really watched Dennis Quaid. Yeah, baby. Okay. So yeah, this yeah. is on Disney plus right now. This is, you know, it's oh, a okay. Disney film. And, uh, and I was watching cause I, and I mostly watched this. I almost skipped it, but I was like, no, I remember Rookie being solid. And like, I yeah, have not seen it in a long that. time. Wow. Is this movie good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Dennis Quaid, first of all, the, my first note in here, <laughs> Dennis Quaid is so ripped in this movie. <laughs> Dennis Quaid, if, I you, don't remember if that. you Google the man, you just write, you know, Dennis Quaid, you know, in shape or something. <clears throat> I, I'm pretty sure he was on like People magazines and stuff like that, you know, but Dennis Quaid, I don't think he looks as good, as good now, but he looks healthy now. And I'm pretty yeah. sure he's been like really sober for a long time. Mm. But like Dennis Quaid, especially in 2002, he was 48 when he made this movie. Wow. Okay. And the man is like that. He was in that, that perfect age where it's like, if you, if you're 48 years old, like you look old enough to where you're not like a, you know, you're not like a hot young dude anymore, yeah. but you're like, yeah, but I take really good care of myself. So I'm like mature and wise, but I'm also like in pretty good shape. I got abs and I'm lean. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. just like Dennis Quaid's just eating good. And, and anyway, I was just like, it was, you know, you don't think about that kind of stuff when you're a kid. You're just like, there's a, right. there's an old man. There's a guy. Oh, yeah. they're in bed together talking about baseball, you know, but it's just yeah. like, I was like, I was impressed. I was like, you know, for a 48 year old, I was like, it's really hard to have abs. Like that's, that's yeah. difficult, you know, and I was just speculating in my head, like, I wonder if he's doing testosterone. Like, I was just, <laughs> just I was just thinking yeah, about all yeah, this, yeah. like, aging stuff. Um, anyway, it's a really great sports movie, aside from Dennis Quaid's abs. Really great sports movie, <laughs> um, you know, straightforward, follow your dreams kind of thing. Yeah. Don't give up, be true to yourself, be an example. You know, you, 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 you could be an example to others for, you know, um, and um, throwing throwing the shit out of a baseball yeah, uh, yeah i forgot how much like every one of those scenes he's just got that mean look in his face and yeah. he throws it and every time nah. he throws it he yeah nah, it's like a yeah it's like a lunge like a uh, yeah and i i remember him uh, uh throwing the baseball next to the like speed checker on the side of the, on the road the, the yeah. road yeah 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 i remember that scene and like he he thought it was slow and like it clicked on it was like 76 yeah, and, like, and he's like Man, yeah, he goes whatever. home and it clicks on and, and it's, it's 96. 96. Yeah. 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 So it's a really, and it's again, straightforward story, very predictable structure, but just like, I don't know, as an adult, I just related. I was like, yeah, you got to think about those bills, dude. And yeah, yeah you know, every time his wife is like, you know, I don't know, like we got to think about the money. I, like as a kid, I was like, why don't you let him play baseball? Right. And then like yeah. as an adult, I was like, she's being pretty fair. Like there are times right. where she's worried about money and there's other times where she's totally going out on a limb to support him. Yeah. And, yeah. and so as an adult, I was like, no, I think she's perfectly riding the yeah. line here and being fair to yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the rookie's great. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, I need yeah. to rewatch it. Yes. Number four. I don't think you'll rewatch this one though. Blade two. <laughs> oh, um, no. Blade 2, I put it number four. I think this holds up really well. Um, mm. I think the script is actually real. I don't know. Well, let's say script. Like the story uh, is 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 a really good setup. The action is really good. Now there's, of course, some strange early 2000s blending of people CGI that's kind of weird. Mm. Um mm. That, that I don't like, but um, many other things about the action are great. Um, 
all the, you know, but the, I, I sort of, I don't really give that to Guillermo del Toro or take away the CGI. I just sort of give that to Wesley Snipes because I think he was pretty involved in that because of his martial arts yeah. training. And yeah. Uh, but the, of course, what I do give to Guillermo del Toro for this movie is the creature design is really, really, really cool. Mm. And his production design Really, yeah. really cool. It fits the blade uh, style very well, and mm-hmm. uh, the ensemble is really great. You know, the first movie is just you know Wesley Snipes and um, and Chris Christopherson, and then you've got uh, what's his face playing Deacon Frost, uh, Stephen Dorff. Yeah, and uh, in this one, you've got a lot of cool actors coming in and being part of this blood. Pa- and you've got Norman Norman Reedus is in this movie. Uh, Ron Perlman's in the movie. Um, just a lot of fun character actors who come in and just the whole concept of like, what if blade had to work with vampires? How would that work? Mm. It's like, that's fun. Um, yeah, sure. That's a fun story. It's not just another like, well, now we got to, it's not what the third movie was, which is just like, now we're going to team up with more vampire hunters. We're going to try and kill Dracula. Um, mm. It's like, you know, I like the first blade, but I think of all the films, I think two is probably my favorite just because it did the most interesting thing which was team him up with other, have him team up with vampires who he's sworn hate for, mm. have him essentially begin to fall in love. You know, could Blade ever love a vampire? Yes, he could. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, I just thought that was really dramatically interesting. So yeah, I put Blade cool. 2 up there. And I think, I think Blade 2 is a lot of people's favorite Blade movie. And it's a lot of this for a lot of the same reasons that, you know, Prisoner of Azkaban is Azkaban is a lot of people's favorite Harry Potter film. And it's because, oh, because we love Alfonso Cuaron and oh, because we love Guillermo del Toro. It's more like those people saying like, yeah. oh, okay, I guess I can like Harry Potter because, you know, yeah. my director is directing it. But, um, right. but I think that that did a lot for the series to legitimize the series for people was Guillermo del Toro. And I think that it got people in watching more of his movies like, Oh, who's, sure. who's Guillermo del Toro. I didn't know who that was when I first saw Blade yeah. two. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. Cool. All right. Number three is the aforementioned minority report that we talked mm-hmm. about last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that made it all the way up to three on this list of, as, as we Wait. talked about, just really love the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, great movie mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm just yes don't yep. want to not, not much not much else to say that hasn't already been said mm-hmm. um number two this was tough to split these so mm-hmm. number two i've got spider-man mm. and i'll just do two and one and number one is the two towers um wow. oh, yes i thought about it today i was like should i swap them and i was like spider-man now the two towers is you know, again, if there has to be a there has if there has to be a weak one, it's the mm. weakest of the three yeah. Lord of the Rings films. But that's not saying much because they're all so good. And also, yeah. if you look at it as a three act story, obviously the middle act is going to drag the, the most act. because yeah. Yeah. you know you've set everything up, and now you're introducing other elements, and you're doing yeah. more story work, and you're doing you know you might be building some character, but it's not paying off mm. right away because we're not in the yeah. third movie yet. Yeah. And so there's that. But with Spider-Man, Spider-Man's, you know, complete story and it's got all these fantastic elements you've got set up. You've got all the stuff happening with him becoming Spider-Man and his emotional, the emotional stakes and the the drama of not being able to tell anybody and all oh, and Mary Jane and, you know, 
oh boy yeah or whatever he says <laughs> like yeah. oh boy oh yeah. boy yeah um <laughs> um but the romance between them is so so palpable and just the duty mm. and sacrifice is so good and yeah um and it just really keeps me engaged and it's yeah well how how else can you you know convince people how good the first spider-man film is you know yeah i mean i feel like if you if you if you haven't seen this movie like you're really missing out and there's nothing if 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 you have not seen it by now then clearly nothing we're gonna say is gonna make you go see it but the it it is you know still the second best spider-man movie that exists yeah and and it's just so good uh at least in my in my estimation no I, i agree with that it's just so so good um in terms of casting in terms of uh the characterization of these of these yes. uh, different characters um the 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 premise is great it's it's a smartly written movie it makes some changes to the lore but in a smart way mm-hmm. right like um you know uh organic web shooters you know whatever um but like um it gives reason for, you know, his costume, like the red inspired by Mary Jane's hair, you know, it's like it give it gives reason for things. It explains things. You, you, you really get the feeling of like, I understand Peter Parker, understand where his mind is. I understand what his intentions are. I understand his motivations. I understand um, what he wants. Um, and it's, it's entirely understandable why a, a, a kid who comes from a lower class family would want to make money um immediately would want to use his newfound powers for money um because really i mean a kid in that in that at that age is going to use it for two things money or girls Mm -hmm. and and he's trying to do the girl thing can't do that so (laughs) it's like he's going to use it for money and um and so he uses it for money it's selfish and he's immediately you know quote unquote punished Punished. for his selfishness and 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 learns that hey i have to be selfless um here and 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 that lesson comes early in the film it sets everything into motion so you know like okay i've bought into this new ideology which is i'm going to be selfless i'm going to give up the things that i want and and do what's right and and that sets into play everything that will come later um not just in this film but in the sequels and it's this constant struggle for peter to do what's right even when it's it's hard Mm -hmm. and that's um that's sort of the undercurrent of all of this and all of that deep characterization is done here in this first film um that sets everything else in motion for all the sequels and that's what a good film should do It, it operates as its own film for sure but it, it's cognizant enough of we've got to have something for a sequel. Um, and and it wasn't the the model of, well, then at the end of this, we better show a villain who's coming up next. Right. Right. Instead, it's we've got a character. This is what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And at the end of this movie, he's going to make the hard choice of not being with Mary Jane Watson. Yeah. But we know, like, should there be a sequel? That's going to be a question again. Yeah. Like only for so long can an 18 year old kid say, no, 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 I'm going to forgo what I want and do what's right for everyone else before he cracks. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what the sequel is built on is let's crack him. 
Yeah. Let's get him to the point where he cannot, like, it's just too hard to do for everybody else anymore. Yeah. And, um, and, and again, all that, all that foundation, all that building is done here in this movie. And it's just a pleasure to watch that level of honesty, integrity, earnestness built into this character. Um, and, and no knock on any other superhero film or anything else, but there's just such a, an honesty here that they're taking this seriously. Yeah. This is, this is a character that could exist in our world and granted there's, you know, all sorts of, of, you know, fantastic powers and whatnot, but this could, this could happen here. And much has been said about how, similar um these films are to the richard donner superman films um but the one word that richard donner put in the office for superman the movie was verisimilitude i want to make sure that that word is the undercurrent for everything that we do it defines you know our version of superman is going to be honest it's going to feel as if it's true Mm -hmm. and and that's what sam raimi latched on to for these films Let's make it feel like it's true. And so it's always about Peter and it's always about the sacrifice and it's always about the struggle of being Peter versus being Spider-Man. And um, I've I've completely steamrolled this review, but I love this movie no. and 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 I think it, it's just so smart. Um, and uh, if you if you put your mind back to 2002, it was really doing something different that superhero movies were not doing because you have to think in, in the public consciousness, the superhero movies that preceded this were X-Men and Batman and Robin. Mm -hmm. Like this, this was a new, like, I don't want to say this is like Oscar level superhero film. That's not what I mean. But what I mean is this is like, we're going to treat our characters with honesty, yeah. integrity, and and artistic integrity. And that's what this film was for me yeah. when I saw it at that age in theaters. It was, this is different from every other superhero movie I have seen because it feels like I like I could be this kid or this kid could go to school with me or whatever. And, and that's what, what I loved about this movie and still love about this movie. Do you think that this movie like influenced like the X-Men movies after that? Like, do you think that X2 sort of shifted course a little bit? I think it would have had to. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the, the first Brian Singer X-Men movie is fine. And, and I've always thought it's fine. But X2 is definitely a step up. And I and I would say that that's definitely, at least in some ways, related to Spider-Man. Um, you know, the competition of we well, we've got to one up Spider-Man, mm-hmm. right? So so you start to see, even though this is in X-Men as well, in X-Men 2, like a greater emphasis on character yeah. and character exploration. And like, let's really dig into Logan's character and let's really dig into like Nightcrawler and and like let's 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 dig into these characters in a way that in that first film we didn't really because it just kind of boils down to a fight on a Statue of Liberty. Right. Um but let's let's just like make this character based. Yeah, let's let's go. Let's sort of and, and even the conflict of like the mutants like uh being othered. It's like okay, mm-hmm. we're, they're othered because we have like you know 
we have these freaky powers, but like there would, they had the whole Boston scene with Bobby's mm-hmm. family and mm-hmm. it was essentially a scene about coming out, Yeah, you know? Yep. And it was just, have you tried not being a mutant? Like it, it was, right. it was someone decided like, look, look at Spider-Man. We can make this more real. We can make this more relatable yeah. to people. It doesn't, it, yeah. it's a, it's a comic book film, but that doesn't mean it has to be like just silly and about powers. Like we can make this about real things because that's what the comics are about. Like yeah. we're not, yeah. we're not believing in ourselves enough. Yeah, for sure. And, and I feel like, um, I feel like this movie paved the way for everything that was to come. So when you look at like Batman Begins, right? Because this Batman Begins is a few years later. It's sort of the next evolution in superhero film. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it, it's that same sort of thing. Well, who's Bruce Wayne? Mm-hmm. We need to know our protagonist because for so long, like the Burton Schumacher Batman movies were about the villains. They weren't about Bruce. Right. It was never about Bruce. But like Nolan was like, no, no, no. It's got to be about Bruce, right? And so, but then, but then, take it a step further and talk about what Feige does with with the MCU. Like, it's clearly built on the backbone of of Spider Man of of uh, of Raimi's Spider Man movies mm-hmm. because you look at that first Iron Man movie and and it is squarely on Tony Stark's shoulders. It doesn't yeah. matter who the villain is; the villain's almost. Uh, superfluous it almost doesn't even matter right um that the iron monger is the villain all that matters is like who's tony stark mm-hmm. what does he want and let's treat him with honesty he's a completely different character than peter parker but let's treat him with honesty and that's why it caught on and that's why robert Downey jr became a huge star it wasn't because uh you know oh look we've got fancy flying and wire effects and visual effects and whatever else that's not what did it what did it is we've got to know who Tony Stark is, and that and I I have to think that's pulled to some degree from Raimi's Spider Man approach. Yeah, I I love Spider Man. I, I rewatched it for this, but like I'm um I'm so I'm doing an MCU rewatch with my mom. You know, yeah. we'll rewatch for me, and we have we 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 had we took a long break and we're about to come back and watch some stuff. And I figured I was like, okay, I got to get to watch. We haven't watched Captain Marvel yet or Black Widow in 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 the sea with with those two movies. I'm gonna go ahead and include the Raimi Spider Man movies and the X Men mm-hmm. films because I was like, yeah, ultimately these are valuable. You're gonna need them, yeah. And um, and it's a good time to do it because Phase Four is kind of mirror mirror anyway. Um, yeah. And yeah. so I don't feel like we're losing too much quality by including those other movies either. Right. But especially yeah. like with Spider-Man, it's like, oh, these are also just really great. You should see them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it'll make No Way Home resonate more anyway. Exactly. So. I, I thought about that too. I was like, oh boy, I really, I I'd, I'd originally compiled some like YouTube clips and I was like, this isn't going to do it. I need to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. And then of course, Lord of the Rings, like, you know, yeah. if, if it lacks anything, the two towers, it, it just lacks the emotional heft of the first movie. Like, there's still some really great stuff in here. Like Helm's Deep is obviously really, really cool. Um, mm-hmm. I just, it's got the most, the the best opening of a film ever. I, I can't think of a single movie that I'm, that opens that I'm more pumped for. Like, I, I mean, again, yeah. I saw this in the theater. I know you didn't see you this one in theaters. But like the idea that this one, like I, I remember in theaters seeing that mm-hmm. moment, I, I think I've talked about it on the show before, but like, I just love, you know, you're, you're seeing the scene again. You think you're watching the scene again. And as soon yep. as the, the shot changes and you follow Gandalf down, you're like, I'm seeing something different. 
and you realize yeah. you're not watching Gandalf's death. You're watching him fight the Balrog. And yeah. so you learn two, you know, two things right away. I mean, you think maybe it's a dream soon after that, but you two things right away. Oh my God, maybe Gandalf's not dead. And two, like, Oh my God, that was so cool. Like the, the, yeah. the, that, yeah. that I still love it's, it's the perfect musical cue and the perfect shot. You follow him down and you're like, Oh, what am I seeing? And as soon as you see that sword spinning, you're like, Oh, there's a sword. And then as soon as he catches it, you're just like, yeah. man, oh, let's go. Yeah. You know, I would have given yep. anything to like, well, I was in a theater, but I would give anything to like have been in a theater these days because yeah. in 2002, people didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People yeah. didn't react like that. But if that people were in theaters like, today, that's nice. Great. people would be screaming yeah. if they saw Gandalf, like, you know, yeah. he, like, how's it going to land? Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how I'm going to get out of this, but I'm going to kill this yeah. Balrog. I can't let it yeah. live. I can't let it escape yeah. the mountain. Like, yep. that's just so fucking yep. cool. I love that so yeah. much. Yeah. Um, you know, again, we've got impressive scale with this movie. We've got, you know, more and more characters and more world building, this whole conflict of Rohan and um, uh, all these, uh, all these characters relationships that are changing you know there's growth happening there's evolution for the hobbits and yeah. um you know a whole lot of it is is not frodo and sam i mean there's there's yeah. Gollum. obviously is a big part of this yeah. Uh, yeah. and in a big big part of the movie that people talk about a lot but there's not a whole lot of with frodo and sam this is a lot yeah. of the yeah. other members of the fellowship getting characterization and and growing because they are now not rallied around frodo they are yeah. split up um yeah yeah. And uh yeah, I just I didn't realize someone pointed this out. The Helm's Deep battle is like 40 minutes long. Mm-hmm. It's so long. Yeah. No, it and, is. and not in a bad way. It's just like, oh mm-hmm. my God, I I didn't realize like that's a lot, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. Momentum. But it kind of flies by, like it's it, it's always engaging. Yes. I remember when this came out, like the the popular consensus, even after Return of the King came out, was like um among the people i talked to was like the two towers is the best one two towers are the best one really i heard i heard that all the time and i always huh. was like no it's clearly the weakest <laughs> and i never had the words to like articulate that but like right this is one of my favorite movies so i'm not i'm oh, not yeah. calling it weak it's so what good. i'm what i'm saying is like uh, among the three you said it best it's it's the second act, which means it's all climbing mm-hmm. um so so you don't have the joy of seeing the start nor the the culmination so it's literally just like escalation the Mm -hmm. entire time yeah um and and that's i i'm not going to say it's unsatisfying what i'm going to say is it begs return of the king to come quickly yeah right because because you just have to know how this is going to all pay off and um and so uh, like that's where I remember being like, I, I finished the two towers and was like, I cannot wait for the return of the King because I have to see this right now. Right. Um, and, um, but what this does have, you mentioned the opening I'll mention towards the end is Sam Wise's fantastic speech. Um, uh, you know, uh, about, uh, the stories, uh, you know, in the storybooks and whatnot, this is not pulled from Tolkien at all. This is a complete fabrication from Peter Jackson, Fran Walsh, mm-hmm. uh, Philip Aborian's. Like this is this is completely new, completely new material. But it's so great. It's, it's Sam just sort of like uh, talking about what makes the stories so great. Is you know lots of folks you know, had 
lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't. Like right. these are the stories that mattered. And it's like a perfect encapsulation of why this story matters. Right. And like if you take that audio and just throw it over like a montage of clips from these three movies, I will cry. Yeah. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, like I it, it's so crazy to me um how how beautiful these movies are. Um, e- even among like the crazy moments that gets every 13 year old boy going, yeah, Legolas is skating down the steps and shooting people, you know, like that, that that's what I remember being like, like, yeah. the, I don't know if I was 13, I, but like, yeah. I remember when I saw it, but like that, that age range of being like, oh, yeah, he's skateboarding on a, yeah. on a freaking shield. Like, yeah. and, oh, and that guy ran in and with the, with the dynamite and he's blowing yeah. up and like, you're, that's what your brain is focused focused on at that age but like now you're looking at it and you're going like uh you know uh on the third day look to the west and gandalf like comes over the hill and it's like oh man this is fantastic and sam's you you know you can feel that sunshine like warming your whole body when you see that shot or you're just like oh i'm so glad these two friends have each other you're just way more invested i'm with you because like the helm helms deep when the guy's running (laughs) it's so silly to watch it Cause they, they like open a tunnel for him. It's like yeah, a yeah. football game. Like he's yes. just run through. They're like, Oh, they, ah. you, may as, you may as well just go like, Oh, they may as well have like foam <laughs> fingers. Like go, go, yeah. go. Right. He's exactly. Just, he's run through like, I'm going. Ah. And, he, and then, you know, I, I love the whole thing of like, bring him down. Legolas. He's like, all right, shit, yeah. hang on. Just give me a second. <laughs> yeah. And then yep. the takes narrow. I, it was just like watching a football game, like breaks one tackle. And it's like, <sighs> Jesus Christ, this guy won't, won't go down. Hit him again. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> Aragorn's yep. like, kill him, kill him. He's like, what do you think I'm trying to do? Like, yeah, what do you right. think I'm, I'm working what, on? It. What is this bow and arrow for? Would you like to do yeah. this? Are you an elf? Right. All right. right excuse exactly. me while I shoot this person. Yes. Exactly. Another arrow. Nope. Another yes. shoulder. And you're just like, the, the, and, and the great thing about that shot too is like the rule of thirds. Like you think like, mm okay, there's two arrows. Like he's going to get him in the head on the last one. Like in your, in the back of your head, you're like, maybe they'll get the wall down, but this guy's about to drop on this third arrow hit, you know? Yeah. And so Legolas shoots him twice. And then you're like, oh, okay. Like the, you know, he, he takes another slow motion arrow. And for me, it's like this, this next shot's going to be Aris, uh, Legolas knocking another arrow. Yep. The very next shot is just the wide of him. Just YOLO. And just diving. (laughs) He dives. It's it's almost comedic because he just dives. He completely leaves frame. Yes, <laughs> there's gone. just there's just some cheap ass like light illumination for yep, a second. That's it. And so it's almost silly. Yeah. Until the next shot, which is just does the fucking the most impressive like miniature explosion. Yep. <laughs> everything it's leading fantastic. up to it it's perfectly executed but everything yeah. leading up to that is like fun tense yeah. almost hilarious yeah. and then you're like oh yeah. no <laughs> yes but with that that's that's like the case in point for the whole movie is like uh-huh. as as you know dark and tense as helm's deep is mm-hmm. you still have those moments of like um uh, shall I describe it to you or shall I find you a box? Like you, you always have these moments where it's like, this is really funny. Ooh, son of a bitch. And, you know, and, and like, um, I think this is in the extended version. There's that moment where, uh, 
they're they're comparing their numbers at the end yeah. and uh Gimli and Legolas and uh Gimli has his axe in an in an orc or whatever and and th- he's like uh I forget the number but it's like you know 33 or whatever and then um Legolas like the orc stirs and Legolas yeah. shoots him and he's like he had my axe embedded in his central nervous system and it's like yeah. like this to me is just so great quotable I love everything about it um I love Gandalf, you know, in, in the forest, you know, when he reveals himself to them, mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, calls on shadow facts and, uh, I love, you know, e- everything with, you know, it's just, it's just fantastic. Like obviously one of the big moments in this, I think it's in this, right. Where it's that famous shot of, uh, Gollum and Smeagol talking to himself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, th- that's in this film. Like there's so much in this that's just like, yeah, this is this is exactly what the Lord of the Rings is. Gollum is um, rejecting is is trying to Smeagol is trying to reject the evil Gollum. in himself. Like it's yeah. the best. It's it's really great character stuff. Like other than yeah. just like Murderer. you know, yeah. oh, you don't it's, have any friends. Like yeah. it's like that's that's funny, but it's like yeah. no, that's a really well written and well characterized scene. It's perfect, yeah. you know, representation yeah, of the struggle inside yeah. of that character. Yeah. And I think and even, the visual effects hold up. James Cameron yep. said he wanted to do Avatar and then the technology wasn't there. You know, we can't do it. He put it on a shelf, you know, and for a while he says, and then I saw the two towers and I yeah. saw the scene where Gollum is having the dialogue with himself. Yeah. And I looked at that and I said, if they can do that, we can do Avatar. That's yeah. the whole reason. I mean, that the, the whole reason, obviously, but that's where he said, we're there. We can yeah. do it. Like they, this is possible. And that's you know? why I went with Weta. And that's why he went with Weta. The Weta and digital yeah. domain, you know, pioneered yeah. all of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's so funny because it, if you it, watch the, the special features of these, like at, at that point, Weta was still just called Weta Workshop. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's then there may have been the digital wing, but I didn't even hear about Weta Digital until like King Kong. Um, yeah. I don't think yeah, I ever yeah. heard it called Weta Digital. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's the other thing about this film, which is not uh, uh, anything that this film really can boast about or, or whatever, but is uh, it, it it came out sort of at the birth of this like new Internet meme humor. Right. <laughs> so like so like when this came out everyone's sharing they're taking the hobbits to isengard and like you know it's like uh which it which is from this film and like yeah. um and the uh is it is it this film or is it the return of the king with the potatoes boil them mash them stick them in a stew this is, that, is it's this one These, it's this the, one i think they're in I the thought it was. marsh i think they're in the yeah, marshes it's before they it's before they meet faramir the, this this is like yeah. where sam fully decides like yeah i a hundred percent fucking hate this guy like yeah <laughs> i've already yep. heard the stories yep. I don't like the way he looks. I don't like the way he's looking at Mr. Frodo, but he just yep. told me he hates potatoes. Uh, yeah. Fuck this That's dude. That's the final straw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and like, there, there's just so much. Like, remember Gollum is in, or Smeagol is in the uh, creek there um, where Faramir is like hunting him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and, it, and it's like that little song. Slamming the fish. It's like, the, this is just so, like, like everything about this movie is yeah. fantastic to me. I I love these movies. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, again, like 
we say this is the weakest one. This one beat Spider-Man on my list. Like it, it was yeah, close yeah, yeah. for sure, but it yeah. still wins out to me. Yeah. It still yeah. wins out. And yeah, because yeah. it's part of a whole, you know, and there's better films in the series. The same could be said for Spider-Man. You know, it doesn't mean sure. they're not great. And uh, it's still yeah. a, just an incredible achievement. I mean, look, the next year, I don't, I don't know. The Return of the King could be number one. A lot of good movies in 2003 so yeah uh, for we'll, sure we'll see but like i uh you know some of this list is just like circumstance and some of it's like no absolutely like minority report belongs on this yeah. list lord of the rings belongs on this list spider-man yeah belongs on this list you know like there's yeah. just things that, that that belong up there and you know yeah. how many more times can you say that they're great <laughs> right exactly you know? uh, yeah it, it it's it it almost goes without saying at this point, like when you're like, what's the best movie of a one Oh two Oh three. It's like, well, don't, yeah, don't Lord say of Lord of the Rings, yeah, don't, yeah. except Lord of the Rings yeah. because it's just sort of a given, like that's going to be it. Yeah, totally. They, they, they're, they're just like masterworks and great achievements. Oh so, yeah. A thousand yeah. percent. Yeah. Well, that's, that's it for that list. So, um, that's it. Yeah, uh, got. We'll have two thousand three movies, but uh, like I said, like I, I especially it's yeah, especially with the way we're recording the episodes. I don't know if I'll review them as much uh, un- unless there's something big uh, attached to them because I don't want to spoil the ones that are the only reason. The only yeah. regret I have is like oh, half the movies we just talked about, like we already reviewed and talked about on the podcast. So like, oh, they're right. I wonder if they're going to make the list, you know? But like, yeah. Uh, I don't know, but there's so much to talk about with some of these. It's hard not to do that sometimes. So yeah, for sure. Um, cool. Well, yeah, I've got some stuff, uh, brewing for the next few weeks, although I'm going to try and get some TV in this year. I'm, I'm trying to watch Andor, and I want to watch, I want to see, especially if they drop that last season, I want to see if I can knock out better call Saul this year and, yep. you know, a couple other things. I'm trying not to bite off more than I can chew because I'm trying to balance a whole lot of stuff this year. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I've, I've got some, I've got some goals to hit. So see if we can get there anyway. All right. Well, cool. cool. Well, until, uh, until next week, then everybody, thank you for listening. And, uh, hopefully hopefully you saw all these movies and if you don't, didn't or won't, You you should, you should. All right. Yeah, man. We, we, Hey, you know what's cool? Me on the moon. <laughs> yeah.